Welcome. This is episode one. I'm so glad you're here. On today's episode, I'm joined by three certified nurse midwives from the Chicago area who are deeply knowledgeable about the model of care offered at freestanding birth centers. Stick with us to learn why an increasing number of families are choosing this holistic, family-centered, low-intervention approach to giving birth. This is the Birth Guide Podcast, conversations about building your circle of support in the childbearing year. We connect you with experts in our community who can help you conceive, stay healthy in pregnancy, have a safe and satisfying birth, and embrace the joys and challenges of becoming a new family. I'm your host, Anne Nicholson-Weber, the founder of BirthGuideChicago.com, where every month thousands of Chicago-area families find relationship-centered care from preconception through the postpartum period. Welcome to a new episode of the Birth Guide Podcast. Today we are learning about a wonderful option for many families, which is to give birth in a freestanding birth center. Two of my grandchildren were born in this setting, and I'm a big fan. Joining me to talk about this are three certified nurse midwives who have all had experience caring for families in the birth center model. Um, First is Sarah Statina, who is a certified nurse midwife and currently the director of midwifery at the Burr Ridge Birth Center, which is a new birth center in the Chicago area. My second guest is Jen Halme. Jen is currently serving as the director of midwifery at the Birth Center of Chicago, another new option in the Chicago area. And my third guest is Janine Valerie Logan, also a certified nurse midwife and a certified lactation specialist. She is a birth justice activist and often speaks publicly on breastfeeding, birth justice, and midwifery in the Black community. She is currently working with activists to open a birth center on Chicago's South Side. So welcome the three of you. I'm so happy to have you here to talk about the model of care offered in freestanding birth centers. Let's start with this question, which is, what are the key cultural differences between hospital and birth center care? And maybe Sarah, you could start us off. Sure. So uh, I would say that the culture at birth centers is that understanding that birth is inherently a normal physiological process um, and use techniques to support physiology while hospitals maybe tend to view birth more pathologically, use more medical interventions. Um, I would also say that hospital culture from my experience has been very paternalistic um, and the understanding of client autonomy, shared decision-making is not really modeled well. I think the concept that birthing people are patients there rather than clients, and that that's a really huge difference, in my opinion. Um, a birth center is, the, from the design of it to the va- visit length to the education that we provided, the tools that are available, everything about a birth center is designed to be family-centered and client-centered, which is not easy or convenient. And the hospital model is definitely about what is convenient for the providers and the nurses. Um, and that makes all the difference in the world, I think. Great. Um, Jen, maybe you could give your answer to that same question. Are there things you wouldn't want to add to that? I, I think the big thing that's different is that midwifery is the standard of care in a birth center. So it just changes what it, what it looks like to be a midwife because you're providing 
the expert care and there's not a tension between what you think is appropriate in terms of waiting and watching and being attentive and how much time you want to spend in a room and and everyone on your team is on that same page so that is a really wonderful way to practice midwifery and to be able to provide care we want to make the experience um, everything that they are dreaming it would be and that they can really let go of some of the because it's always going to have some level of anxiety and unknown and so how can we make the environment prepared so that they can just focus on on the birth and the labor so what i think i heard you say is that hospitals are more the domain of the ob's and midwives um, are functioning within that um culture, but have less autonomy to practice the way that they're trained to practice. Is that a fair characterization? Yes. And that's highly variable from institution to institution. So some places are doing it better than others, for sure. So Janine, is there anything else you would want to add to that? Maybe contrast your experience from the midwife's point of view and also from the uh, client's point of view, being in a birth center versus Mm -hmm. a hospital. Yeah. When I think about birth center care, I think that is the epitome of slow living, right? So a lot of people are like, I need to slow down, take time, you know, smell the roses. I I really love birth center care as, like you said, as a consumer, but also as a midwife. It's really one of the only places where you can actually practice the art of midwifery, like Jen said. You slow down and you you watch labor. You labor sit, which is a rare a rare privilege that um, I get to do in the hospital because you have just so many things to do. You have so many people to see and calls to answer and triage to take care of. Like there there's small moments where you can actually labor sit and provide that physical and emotional support. And so I think that's one of the biggest things about birth center care is like you're actually slowing down and and preparing the space to invite, you know, in my culture, we say ancestor is returning. That is the space where, you know, you can really prepare that, that, that space for that sacred experience. So from um, the point of view of a family considering where they want to have their baby, what would be some of the um, most important considerations that you would suggest they take into account if they're considering a hospital versus a birth center birth. Sarah? I guess the first things that come to mind are they should consider any safety concerns that they have. So if someone feels unsafe in a setting, regardless of what that setting is, um, that's going to make them anxious. That's going to affect the labor process and their experience. So if someone feels inherently unsafe in a hospital, then that is not the place that they are going to have uh, the most positive experience possible. And that could also go for a birth center or home birth. If someone is, is truly feeling like home or, or a birth center is incredibly unsafe, you know, there are ways to, to debunk some of those fears, but, um, but inherently at the end of the day, internally, if, the, if that's something that carries fear for them, then that's not the right setting for them. And then the other thing that I would think of is, their pain medication plan. So epidurals are not um, an option at a birth center. So if that's a main focus point of someone's birth plan, which is a very valid option, um, then a midwifery-based hospital practice maybe would be a better fit. And then ultimately understanding the 
pros and cons of the proximity to an OR or emergent services. So um, birth center midwives have the same skills and access to most of the same emergency equipment needed to treat most emergencies in in, um, obstetrics, but there's the consideration of time that it takes to get from a birth center to a hospital if it's needed. So there are like a few emergencies that truly benefit from a proximity to the OR, such as like a cord prolapse, um, where time is of the essence. And most birth centers drill for this very frequently, and we have really great community partners. And we have what's called like an incision to decision time of 30 minutes. That's our goal. Um, those are the things that, that kind of come to mind when when thinking about all the settings. So thinking about risk, because that's obviously um, something that every family considers when they're deciding where to have their baby. I mean, Sarah's pointed out that there are a very few instances where the fact that you have to transport from a birth center to a hospital could impact outcomes. What, Chen, would you say, are you balancing against that? What, what are the risks that you run in the hospital that you don't run in a birth center? I think knowing the team that's going to care for you. So at the birth center, it's usually a, a more intimate team and you've met everyone likely before you show up that day. I think that when you're hearing advice on an emerging situation, it's easier to hear from someone you trust. And so I find that what makes a birth good isn't always what actually happened that day, but it's about how connected you felt while whatever happened, happened. And so I find I've cared for, for clients and birth center and at home and in the hospital. And it's all about that connection. And, and that, that's something that you get in the birth center. And at the hospital, it's not as predictable. And is that because so much of labor is attended primarily by the nurses in the hospital setting who you may or may not know? Is that what you're referring to or something else? I think if you're, you, you won't meet your nurse likely until that day. Um, there's a lot of variation in nursing care. The other thing is that, that your care, the provider is caring for more clients than they're caring for at the birth center. And so it is sometimes difficult to care for everyone in the way that you would like to. Not because you don't know how or you don't want to, but just you can't be in three rooms at the same time. Uh, so it's, and that because we, it is a, a a business where you don't know <laughs> who's coming when. And that, that's much easier to manage at the birth center. So that goes back to Janine's point about the pace in the hospital. There's just more of a sense of a rush or a urgency that you don't have, it sounds like, in a birth center. So Janine, are there other um, risks that you take in the hospital that you don't take in a community birth setting? Um, so looking at it from like a larger perspective, we have created a system with that does not that doesn't work, right? We can look at outcomes in community, we can look at people's like Jen said, emotional experiences to what has happened during their labor. And it doesn't it doesn't work. And so um some of the risks that people are are facing not being listened to, you're risking you risk your options um, being questioned, but you intuitively know what's going on with you and your body and your baby. Um, you risk finding things that you normally wouldn't find, you know, like you have this one test that might lead you to another test that might lead you to something that you weren't interested in knowing about to begin with. 
Um, so there, there are many different risks in choosing to have a, a hospital-based birth that might not necessarily be anything about you physically, but you know, it affects your experience in your heart and your mind. A lot of a lot of people leave the hospital have, you know, great births, like nothing happened to them or their baby, but they just still don't feel um, adequate or, or competent in caring for, for their child when they go home. And that goes back to Jen's point that what makes a good birth may not be that it plays out exactly the way you expected, but that you felt throughout it that you had a connection with the people caring for you and that you were respected and listened to. Something I just want to say, I something I think that was missing from hospital care is like the magic. Like it's, it's not there. And I, they're always coming up with um, initiatives to make birth better. And it's always missing the mark on the time and attention. It's a lot of like checklists and more huddles and, <laughs> or whatever, but it's never, I've never heard this which would be, be with your client more, listen to them more. I think we've in a way skipped a really important predicate to this discussion, which is the difference between obstetric care and midwifery. I think when we talked about the culture of the hospital and the culture of the birth center, to a large extent, we're talking about the difference in culture between obstetrics and midwifery. So maybe, um, Sarah, you could talk a little bit about what is the core of that difference? You know, there are exceptions in obstetrics and in midwifery, but as a as a general rule, I feel like midwives approach their clients' care in any capacity with a holistic view of um, shared decision making and equal partners in in this care. and And the obstetric model traditionally has always been um, that the doctor holds the power um, and they know what is best and and they will present. Th- what they would like to do. And, and that model doesn't work for most people. And, and the reason we see some of the disparities and the poor maternal outcomes in general, I feel like that is like the root of it. Um, and midwifery is very much holistic. It's human and it takes time as Jen has said to do that. You, you cannot learn about someone in five minutes. You can't. So what are the kind of practical, concrete differences that that difference in philosophy results in? Like, you know, what what will actually be different in my care um, if I'm with a uh, going through the midwifery model as opposed to the obstetric model? Jen, maybe you could attack that one. Longer visits, um, lots of discussion about what are considered routine aspects of care. And so I think when a client is considering um, community birth, it it's worth considering, do they want to do the legwork to think about some of these things, right? Sometimes I see a client and they, they want me to just tell them what to do. And that's not always a good fit for this kind of care because it does demand some like, okay, I've, I've reviewed all my options and this is what I want to do. And so there is some responsibility taking on the part of the client. Sometimes it looks like um, more family participation. So I feel like I'm having as much discussion with the client as I am having with their support people to make sure that everyone's agreeing to the plan or feeling um, involved. That's a, that's interesting. Yeah. I want to just say that a lot of times when people seek midwifery care, they've had children before 
or this might be the actual, actually the first time someone asked them to consider to make decisions about their own body, right? I see mm-hmm. people all the time and I'm, I'm telling them things or, you know, talking about, you know, these particular labs or these particular interventions. And they're like, I don't know, doctor, what do you think? First, I'm not, I'm not a doctor and I have to re-explain <laughs> what a midwife is. So. <laughs> don't call me that, please. <laughs> and then, and then they're like, I don't know. Like, I've never had to think about, like, I never owned this particular vessel, right? So now I'm, you're asking me to think about what I want to do with it. I have no idea. Um, so that that's really that's yeah. really telling about not only, you know, socially what people are bringing when they come to me with care. They're bringing, like, all their lives and all their traumas and all, all their experiences, but also creating a, a avenue for self-empowerment or self-determination. Fuji Chagalia, like, you have to decide what you want to you know, take away from this experience. So as Jen is talking, I'm thinking, right, and there are people who want someone who's going to tell them what to do and um, feel safer if someone else is in charge. But Janine, you're re- raising an uh, interesting aspect to that, which is if you've only ever been kind of told what to do and you didn't know that you could have ownership of these kinds of decisions, then you may not know that that's something you want. Um, it's interesting to me because when I pitched the question, what's the biggest difference between obstetrics and midwifery, all three of you have gone much more to the patient autonomy, the slowness, the time to be. I do think it's important also, though, for someone who is coming into this, a first-time mom who may, you know, really not know about the difference between midwifery and obstetrics and trying to figure out where she and her family are going to be most comfortable, need to understand that it's not only this core difference in kind of values that you're talking about, but it's also actually a difference in style of practice, um, which obviously grows out of some of what you're talking about. But that hands-off element to midwifery leads to some very different ways of dealing with the same situation. Mm -hmm. And maybe a good way to get at this might be to talk about a common presenting situation where there's a choice whether or not to do something medical. (laughs) Um, And maybe Jen, I'll let you uh, come up with that. (laughs) I think the intervention I encountered the most was artificial rupture of memories. And this is uh, strongly encouraged. Everyone needs it (laughs) at the hospital. And I, and I, I always for me, it's such a beautiful moment when it happens spontaneously for the birth giver. They're like, it's like, they're like, ooh, and now this has happened. And then they can understand why the next contraction will be so much stronger because they've had this experience. And so it's really like tying their physical and emotional experience just from the forces of their own body. And, and so this intervention, this to me is like where I differed the most often. What's the rush? So just to kind of clarify, you're talking about yeah. when the bag of waters breaks 
And that normally will happen. I mean, that's going to happen sometime in the labor if nobody does anything. But you're saying that it's very typical in the hospital for that yes. to be done artificially. Janine, do you have either more to say about that example or another example that you think would be yeah. telling? Um, I, I am a hospital midwife. And I think it's so funny when people come into labor. And I'm lucky to be able to have a lot of autonomy um, where I work at. And people come into labor and, you know, they might be... A couple of centimeters, but they're, you know, having contractions and they're like, so what are you going to do, Janine? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> like, nothing. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. You know, what are we rushing for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that goes back to that trust in the physiological process that if you just leave it alone for most women, labor will work. Um, so Sarah... Could you talk a little bit about um, C-sections? We all know that C-section rates are very high, um, and pretty much everybody agrees across the board who does maternity care that they are too high, um, that more women can be giving birth vaginally than are. Um, what are C-section rates like at a birth center compared to comparably low-risk populations who give birth in the hospital? Yeah, you definitely um, want to compare uh, apples to apples as far as low risk um, clients. We we track our cesarean birth rates for clients that you know transfer out of the practice at any point, even antenatally, meaning during pregnancy, and if they transfer out during labor and and end up having a cesarean birth. Um, so when a birth center tells you their cesarean rates, it includes all of those things. Um, and so even um, just receiving care at a birth center prenatally, regardless of where you end up birthing, um, seems to have be- benefits as far as uh, decreasing those cesarean birth rates. So most um, birth centers have very low cesarean birth rates in the single digits, um, typically under 10%. It can be as low as four, three or 4%, where if you're comparing that to a low, um, you know, a low risk hospital setting, which could be in the high 20s, and we're talking about, you know, hundreds of thousands of people who aren't having unnecessary surgery if they had chosen a birth center experience for their care. So it sounds like if if I'm a pregnant woman trying to decide where to have my baby and avoiding a C-section is very important to me, birth center care would make a lot of sense. Absolutely. Mind. 93% of people who receive care at a birth center, regardless of where they end up birthing, go on to have a vaginal birth. I guess another thing you might want to talk about um, is natural childbirth. Um, if you, avoiding a C-section is one part of wanting to have a natural childbirth, but obviously there's much more to it. An unmedi- unmedicated birth, a physiologic birth is another term that people have used. So Jen, um, first of all, sometimes I think a woman who has an instinct that she wants to birth naturally also feels like she's being naive. Could you talk about that? Yes. it's I, I think sometimes people are scared to commit to the, the fact that they want an unmedicated birth so that they won't disappoint themselves. And so I'm always, it's a tricky conversation because you want to, you want to leave room. I don't know what kind of labor this person is going to have. So I want to leave room for all the possibilities without shame. And so how to boost confidence that you can do it. I know you can do it, but you may not want to do it at some point in your labor and that that's okay too, because 
I don't have a crystal ball. She could have a 48-hour labor. <laughs> and, and, and maybe pain management is a, is a good decision for her. So what are the alternatives to an epidural in the birth center setting? You don't, you can't offer that. What can you do to help um, a woman manage the pain of labor? Uh, Universally, midwives use hydrotherapy, which is um, using basically a bathtub um, at some point in labor. Nearly every client at the birth center and most of my clients, even when I practice in the hospital, opted for hydrotherapy at some point. Um, And it's a really awesome tool for pain relief. Um, it really promotes relaxation and comfort and, and, um, and many clients go on to just stay in the tub and have a water birth. So that's, um, I would say the hallmark of, of a birth center as far as pain relief goes, but we have other options as well. Um, we provide nitrous, which is gas, um, that helps with, um, just kind of taking the edge off some pain, uh, especially during really intense parts of labor, like transition, um, we can do sterile water papules, which is a great intervention, evidence-based intervention for back pain um, when babies are malpositioned. Um, and then just having a culture and a, a space that's designed to promote movement. Um, it can't be understated that moving your body in labor really helps cope with the discomfort. Um, and then ultimately continuous labor support. Um, so from the midwives, from the birth assistants, many clients hire doulas and continuous labor support, physical, emotional support from experienced, compassionate people can really improve pain and just overall birth satisfaction. Having someone tell you, you can do it makes all the difference in the world. So currently in the Chicago area, there are three birth centers. There is the PCC, the birth center at PCC in Berwyn, which is um, the the first, the pioneer. Um, then the uh, birth center, Sarah, that you're now running, the Burridge birth center has opened. And then Jen, your birth center is the birth center of Chicago, which is exactly where? It's, at, um, it's in the North Center neighborhood. It's near Irving and Lincoln is the closest big intersection. And then Janine, you're involved, you currently are doing hospital births, but you're um, very engaged in trying to get a new birth center that would be on the south side of Chicago. Can you talk a little bit about your vision for that? Yes. Um, Over the last year, we worked really hard to expand the numbers and the type of birth centers that can be in this area. And I'm happy to say that that licensure passed. Yeah. And so that is the hope to offer this kind of um, birth option to to folks on the South Side, particularly where many of the OB units have closed. Like I said earlier, this what the what the systems we currently have in place are not serving <laughs> serving us collectively and specifically specifically women of color and black women. So the hope is to have a culturally safe and competent place for women on the South Side to go, to have um, love shared with them during their prenatal care and postpartum care, and to be able to have that in a midwife-led nonprofit birth center. Great. Mm -hmm. How far away can you live from a birth center and safely choose to give birth there? In other words, how far is it safe to travel during labor? 
What do, what do you advise your clients? So, so first-time moms can travel further. Um, but I think something that it's not always just that labor travel time, but coming to every visit, I say that if it's more than an hour away, it can become burdensome, especially in the early postpartum, since those visits are a little bit tough that first time you leave the house. And so obviously I'll take clients that are coming from much further than over an hour away, but I'm always trying to balance. I want to make sure that they're taking care of themselves. I live pretty far from the birth center. And in my third labor, it was like the minute I felt like I was in labor, I had to call the birth center midwives. Like, I'm on my way. <laughs> I'll be there in two hours, maybe, but I'm on my way. You know, we're lucky in, in Chicago, in the Chicago area, there are a lot of options. There are many good hospitals, um, including hospitals where you can have, um, can experience the midwifery model of care if that's what you're attracted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some people, I think, who might live further out, who don't feel comfortable with the kind of care being offered at the hospitals near them. And Janine, it sounds like you were willing to travel two hours. Did I hear that right? In order to get this kind of care. And that's, I I think all of you are saying that's safe. By and large, there's no reason why if you are that far away, and this is something you're really attracted to, you should, you know, not consider it. Um, So there there are, um, I think, risk profiles that can preclude uh, freestanding birth center care being appropriate. Um, Sarah, maybe you could talk about some of the common conditions that would risk you out of birth center care. For the most part, anyone that has chronic health conditions that need medical management, so things like pre-existing diabetes or pre-existing high blood pressure, uh, other organ systems like liver disease or, or lung disease, those would be um really an indication for having a hospital birth, things that come up during pregnancy that um, we look for as as providers, as midwives, um, and we screen for and as part of the reason prenatal care um, is done. And so that's things like um, gestational diabetes that needs medication management you know, hospital birth is, is a better option, a safer option. Um, and same with things like high blood pressure, preeclampsia that develop um, twin pregnancies. Typically, birth centers do not do multiple gestations. Um, but like we've mentioned, most people are candidates for birth center birth, if that's what they want. So, so you're saying that don't assume you're too high risk. Um, if you're interested in this model of care, uh, consult and find out whether you would be a candidate. Absolutely consult with a birth center midwife. Janine, what are misconceptions that you hear about birth center care? Like people say, oh, I wouldn't want a birth center birth because dot, dot, dot. What kind of things do you think are misconceptions that are common? I think one of the major misconceptions are just not understanding the different roles that um, healthcare providers have. I think I see a lot of people that I see them throughout the whole pregnancy and then we're again reviewing like visitor policy and when to call the midwife. And then they ask me, so when do I call the doctor? <laughs> I've been seeing you this whole time. I've explained to you what a midwife is. <laughs> and so particularly when you're having out of hospital birth, whether that be home birth or birth center, I think people just don't understand the full scope of what midwives are trained to do. 
you know, they just don't understand what it really means to have that kind of care. And so people will choose just to do what the majority of people in their lives are doing is, you know, going to the hospital, getting an epidural, um, because they don't, they don't see themselves in that, in, in that space. I would add to that, um, a, a safety is like a big concern that I think people have is that if it's not in the hospital, then it's probably or definitely not safe. Um, but there's plenty of data that shows that birth centers might actually be one of the safest models um, when you look at outcomes. And we did talk a little bit about, you know, the time of transferring to a hospital, but even with that consideration, um, even with transfer rates, our outcomes are still great. And so you don't have to kind of um, exchange safety for a positive experience. You can have both. Um, and I think that is what I spend the most of my time doing at consults is, is showing people the data on what safety of a birth center actually is because this, the cultural or societal kind of understanding is that the only place to stay safe is in the hospital. And that isn't true for everyone. I feel like what I get a lot is uh, I, this is a low intervention environment, but people are surprised that we do things like IVs and administer medications and know how to resuscitate newborns. And so that's how, that's where that safety piece comes in. But I get a lot of questions about you do IVs and it's like, yes, it's within the scope of everyone who, who provides care here. Maybe a one last thing we could just try to define is what what is the midwife's expertise? A lot. <laughs> midwives are <laughs> experts in is obviously pregnancy and birth and labor and the immediate postpartum, but our scope and our expertise can extend really far from there. So at our birth centers, um, we provide newborn care for the first two weeks of life and that's a great thing to do because caring for the birthing person and the newborn together makes a lot of sense for looking at that holistic model again and, and looking at them as a, as a couplet, as a unit. But we also do, like Jen said, we were capable of put, putting in IVs, of doing procedures, of you know, give, administering and prescribing medications, ordering testing and imaging. It's not like you miss out on all of the testing and screening and um, options when you do need an intervention just because you selected a midwife. You get all of that. You just don't get it routinely in a way that isn't individualized. Okay. Anything that anybody feels like it's important that we add to this? What have we missed? I feel like I really want people to be able to, with confidence, say that whether I'm in the hospital, whether I'm in the birth center, or whether I'm at home, I have autonomy and I'm going to be listened to and I'm going to feel safe because we practice in all those settings. So, you know, I want people to be able to choose where they want to get their midwifery care and vice versa. I would like providers to have birth centers and even home birth as an option. So when you're, when you see someone and you know, that's not your setting, but you ask them, what are your hopes and dreams for, for your birth? And they say, well, I really want to be at home and say, hey, these are home birth midwives you should, you should talk to before you come back and see me. Especially with a lot of new ideology that providers are starting to adapt around um, birth justice or community birth. Like that is really what that looks like. I think one thing that families struggle with is 
is the norm. I mean, the norm is a hospital birth with an OB. And when you go outside the norm, it feels a little scary. Like if everybody you know has done it one way and you have some instinctive desire to do it a different way, you're going out into unexplored territory and you also are likely to be subject to some judgment. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of judgment around birth, which I think is so unfortunate. So I think some of this is about giving people the courage to understand that just because it's not what everybody does doesn't mean that it's irresponsible, that it's not safe. Um, it's just a different choice because you might have different values or different priorities for your own birth. I would add to that, too, that it is the norm in other places. Um, midwifery care is the standard of care and the entry level of care in many other countries that have much better outcomes than we do. And one way that I sometimes explain it to clients is just that when you go to see your family practice doctor for an annual checkup, that's where you start. You start with your family practice doctor. And if they find something abnormal with your heart, they refer you to a cardiologist. And so midwifery is the same way. You you should start with a midwife. And if something becomes um, complicated or high risk, then we refer you to the obstetrician. But in our country, you start with a specialist. I think that's a thing that's hard sometimes to accept is that what seems like more sophisticated interventions in mm -hmm. birth are actually not improving outcomes. That's just the fact. So how do we address that? And I think freestanding birth centers is one fantastic option um, for families for whom it's the right kind of care. Thank you again for your time. I'm so grateful to you for joining me. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Anne. This episode of the Birth Guide Podcast is sponsored by the Birth Center at PCC, a home-like facility in Berwyn, Illinois, where patients give birth without medication in the care of PCC's certified nurse midwives. Mm -hmm.